And then there was another shark on the right that was kind of going for my head and my shoulders and it missed me because the shark on the left got me first. Then I started panicking and I thought I was gonna die. What's up everyone and welcome to the Wide Awake Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. His name is Shannon Ainsley. He is a surfer and surf coach and he is also the only person to ever survive and be attacked by two great white sharks at the exact same time. Welcome to the studio. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I'm glad that we could get this organized. And um, I mean, just to start off with, where did the attack take place? Um, Nahoon Reef in East London, so in South Africa. And how old were you at the time? 15. 15 years Very old. Very young, yes. That's a crazy thing for a 15-year-old to go through. Super intense. Eh? I mean, I would never have expected that. I don't think there are too many people who've been attacked at a super young age. I think like Bethany Hamilton, myself, and then I have a friend whose brother was attacked and killed by a shark and he was, I think, 13. But besides that, I don't know anyone else. That's, I mean, it's pretty rare to know, I mean, you, you've been attacked and to know someone as well that's been attacked because I was doing some research last night and I was just going over some of the statistics and it was saying that humans kill roughly 100 million sharks a year. Wow. And sharks kill roughly plus minus 100 people a year. Okay. I think on average it said 73. That's like unprovoked attacks. There's other attacks as well, but completely unprovoked. It's roughly 73 every year. So that's pretty rare. Yeah, it's a big, big difference. So actually, I have quite a few friends who've been attacked by sharks. So I know quite a lot of people who've either been attacked or who have had some kind of shark experience. And um, what, so you were attacked by great whites, right? Yes. What makes great whites so much more dangerous than other sharks? Because I think they're the most feared. I think there's also tiger sharks that are also, is it tiger sharks that are quite up there as well? Yes, eh? and bull sharks. And bull sharks. Yeah. But I think out of all the lists I saw, tiger shark, I mean, great white sharks were at the top. Why do you think they're so much more dangerous than other sharks? Yeah, it's a good question because they are the most feared sharks. And I think like, if you look at the way sharks attack, um, so those three sharks are the most aggressive or the most dangerous, the great white, the bull shark and the tiger. The great white is the most accurate shark. So when it attacks you, it's going to calculate everything and it gets it right most times. <laughs> and it's pretty accurate. So then you you messed up when it bites you. But then the bull shark is apparently the most aggressive shark. So it'll, it'll bite you and keep on biting you and it doesn't let go. It's like a, it's like a dog. It just keeps on going. And then I don't know too much about the tiger shark, but I think it's like kind of in between there. And also with the bull shark, you can find them up uh, freshwater rivers, you know, which is quite crazy, like the Zambezi River. That's why they're also called the Zambezi sharks. Yeah, I've actually got a friend who's been attacked by a bull shark in a river as well, just on the arm, super heavy. He was, he was busy paddling his canoe and he saw a fisherman with his hook stuck on something. And he was like, hey, I'll just swim down and grab it for you. And he swam down. And it was a shark. And it was a shark that had oh. it in its mouth. And the shark bit my friend in the river, Nahoon River in East London. So that's insane. Don't it go seems there, like a man. Hot spot, eh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I want to know can you walk us through the day that the attack took place? Um, I know you, you went out surfing with your brothers or your brother. Yeah. Um, but can you walk us through from when you got into the ocean up until the attack took place? Sure, yeah. Uh, so. It was actually the first day back at school um, in 2000 and the waves had been so good that season and we had surfed many hours every day, but we also saw a lot of sharks in that season. So we already knew 
that there were sharks around because it's winter. Um, we had the sardine run, so there's a lot more activity in the water. You see the birds dive in, you smell fish in the water, and you see dolphins and then every now and then a shark. So we jumped into the water uh, the first day back at school after um, school, of course, and we were meant to have surfing training with the school team at a different beach, and they had postponed that or canceled. So then we went to Nahoon Reef. So we weren't supposed to be there that day. And I was there with my brother, his good friend, and one of my good friends. And then we jumped into the water. There was like no wind. The waves were maybe three to five feet or a little bigger. Crystal clear water and about 16 or 17 degrees in the water and um, 20 degrees outside. And the waves were good. So we had surf for about an hour and a half. And then about an hour and a half into the surf, some people started getting out of the water. And um, apparently the one guy saw a shark or two and didn't tell anyone and he just got out. And uh, the reason why is because he had smoked some weed before and thought he was hallucinating. So he just didn't get out the water. Or no, he got out the water, but never told anyone else to get out the water. <laughs> he just thought it was him, you know, so he He's got out. He's just like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 100%, yeah. So he saved himself, didn't tell anyone else. And then like some other guys just felt uncomfortable and they got out too. So they had that uh, fishy smell. So like- I heard that there was the smell of sardines in yeah. there. Yeah, so there was like, um, there must've been like a small feeding frenzy just off the reef with birds diving and fish swimming around and bigger fish eating those. And then of course some sharks. Um, so that's what happened. And then some guys got out the water, my brother included. And then um, I was just surfing. I was having so much fun. So I was just surfing. And then, and then I was busy paddling for this one wave. And while paddling for a wave, I got knocked super hard from a shark on the left side of me. So it swam from underneath, knocked me into the sky and flipped me around, grabbed my surfboard in my hand and pulled me and dragged me underwater. And then there was another shark on the right that was kind of going for my head and my shoulders and it missed me because the shark on the left got me first. And the, the good thing is that this happened so quickly and unexpectedly that I had absolutely no idea what was going on. It's the best thing ever because imagine seeing this big shark coming towards you. It's pretty scary, but I never saw them coming. So um, the shark grabbed me, pulled me underneath and then let go and then just stared at me for a few moments. So we had this moment like the shark was like this close to me with his mouth wide open. And it was beautiful and scary at the same time. And I could see all of his teeth, big, sharp, crystal white teeth. And then um, this one big dark eye staring into my face. And we had this moment, the shark and myself. It looked confused and I was confused too. And then it swam away and disappeared. And then I swam to the surface of the water. When I got to the surface, I saw my surfboard lying in front of me. And then all the other surfers paddling frantically to catch the last wave back to the beach. And at this stage, I still hadn't a clue what was going on. So I was looking around, I'm like, what's going on? One moment I was paddling for the wave. The next moment I'm off my board and my board is lying in front of me. So I swim to my surfboard and then I pull my right hand over and across to start paddling. And I see my fingers hanging off. And I'm like, oh, I just got attacked by a shark. So what I thought was a dream was reality. And then I started panicking and I thought I was gonna die. It was the scariest moment ever. And I mean, when that happened, right? And you got back onto your board, you said everyone left the water. Um, people must've been watching this from shore. And this was all captured on camera as well. Who filmed it? 
There was a, a Canadian tourist by the name of Sean Smith who accidentally caught the video on camera. That's quite wild, eh? <laughs> I mean, really that's wild. insane. And um, so you get back onto your board and you see your hands all messed up. How long did it take for you to get back to shore? It's, it's a good question because it honestly felt like forever. It felt like 15, 20 minutes, but I think it was maybe, it could have been one minute, but everything just slowed down. So everything slowed down, the adrenaline kicked in. I, was start, I started shaking and panicking and crying and like looking around and just like expecting the sharks to come back. And when you're in that kind of situation, time definitely tends to slow down. And I remember um, just like looking around and seeing that the ocean had gone flat and there were no waves to catch. Murphy's law, right? No waves to catch. These two sharks are after me. I'm dead. That's what, that's what I thought. And um, I'm just expecting the sharks to come back at any second because this place at that stage, I think it had the most fatal shark attacks in the world and people had died before. And sharks often go back for a second or third bite. And I was just expecting that to happen. So I was like, okay, if the, if the shark comes from the left, I'm going to try to punch it. If it comes from the right, I'm going to punch it, you know? And then I'm like, who am I fooling? Like, there's no way I can fight off a shark. So I started praying to God, please God, like help me out, you know? And anyway, everything just like must've taken one or two minutes, but it seemed like forever, honestly. And then fortunately a wave came, I caught this wave, managed to like belly board the wave, like going zigzags in the wave so that the, wave, the shark didn't get me. And then I got to the beach safely. And at the time, did you realize that it was two sharks that attacked you? Or did you only think it was one? Yeah, I, uh, only one at that stage. Um, Later on, when they saw the video of the shark attack, they spotted a second one. So some people have a theory that the shark that uh, bumped me and bit me, pulled me underneath the water, was not the shark that I saw face to face. Um, so it's difficult to to know exactly what is going on. So that could be a case or a, a part of the story where the shark that bit me isn't the one that I saw face to face. But um, yeah, I think I saw one. That's crazy, yeah, because I just remember watching the video and then I see one fin pop up and then suddenly there's like two fins. And crazy. I think most of us run through those scenarios in our head, you know, when you get into the ocean, you're like, oh, could, yeah, I could get attacked by a shark today, especially when you're younger, I think, uh, when it's new yeah. to you. But to actually have that happen is just uh, insane. And for it to be two great white sharks, also insane. But they're massive, hey? Yeah. Um, did you, have you ever heard of the, the, the great white called Deep Blue? Uh, no, where is that? There was a great white shark and it was spotted during Shark Week. Um, let me just get the statistics for that shark here. The biggest great white shark ever recorded is a female shark affectionately named Deep Blue. She was spotted and filmed for the 2014 episode of Shark Week's Jaws Strikes Back and measures in at 20 feet long and is estimated to be around 4,500 pounds. Wow, I don't want to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> and people actually swam with her. Um, Crazy. which was insane. But um, do you, did you ever get any statistics about like how big the sharks might have been? Did, did, was that ever kind of discovered? Yeah, the marine biologists at the aquarium in East London um, measured the shark by its size or like the size of its teeth and the bite mark on my surfboard and said that it was four to four and a half meters. So that's like 12 to 14 feet. So it's a big shark. Big enough, but not 20 feet. That's a big mother yeah. right there. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to bump into her. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, did you feel any pain when you got back to shore? No, no. It's um that's the other good thing. I felt no pain at all. Like no pain at all to this day. 
And the only thing that felt weird was like when I was paddling back to the beach, because my fingers were hanging off and the bones were stick, sticking out, I could feel all the water rushing through my bones and my tendons and the muscles and the hold in my hand and my wrist. So it kind of felt uncomfortable. And then when I got to the beach, some guy put a towel or wrapped a towel around my hand and I could feel like the material going into my fingers and my mm. wounds. And I was like, ah, oh, it's so ugly, you know, but like I felt no pain. It's a miracle. Yeah, I think your body protects you in those kind of uh, circumstances because otherwise I think you'd go into shock if you just, sure. after that, and you start feeling so much pain. Um, and then when you get back to shore, who takes you to hospital? My brother. They did call, or someone called the ambulance, um, but yeah, they were taking too long. We waited, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, and no one had come, so my brother rushed me to hospital. And when you got there, I heard that you had to wait five hours before you got any help. <laughs> yeah, that's correct, yeah. You know, um, yeah, we had to wait for a hand surgeon and I think he was the best hand surgeon in the country who was at that hospital at that time. And the best thing was just to wait. So um, um, yeah, the nurses gave me a lot of medication. So I felt no okay. pain and I was very, I was very relaxed and very comfortable knowing that I had survived a shark attack. So yeah, and then the other worry was that I thought I was gonna lose my fingers or my hand. So the first thing I asked the nurses when I got to the hospital was whether I'd lose my hand or not. And when they said that I'd be okay and I would uh, not lose anything, I was very happy. So the five hour wait was fine. Like I had family and friends come visit me. They were like bringing okay. me candy and sweets and chocolates. I and thought you were gonna say, yeah, we just sat in me. the waiting room and waited. <laughs> oh, we did actually, but like, in a, in like we had our own room. So it was okay. comfortable. I was sitting down, lying down. So not too it was bad. Cool. And what yeah. exactly were your injuries? So actually like, um, you won't be able to see it on the camera, but I I have just three teeth marks. So one in my wrist and it went right through the wrist bone. Another one in my hand, yeah. And then another one that nicked this finger. So my pinky on the top knuckle was hanging off from that side. And then my ring finger by, from this uh, middle knuckle was hanging off. So I almost lost those two fingers. And then, um, yeah, because the teeth were so sharp, everything was kind of easy to fix and sew and put together, the doctor said. And I got 30 stitches and my hand was in a cast for six weeks and that was it. When, because this was a big story as well. How long did it take for people to catch wind of what had happened? <laughs> Immediately, it's like, I think if it happened uh, during the time of like social media that we have now, it would have been a different story. But I mean, even then it was quite quick um, I was receiving phone calls and email. No, were the emails back then? I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I was receiving phone calls and messages every single day. And um, I woke up the next morning with, um, I think it was SABC one or two that wanted to film me. And then ETV wanted to interview me and people come into the house and asking questions like for a whole week. And then over and above that, we had like all the big famous uh, production companies like uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not and Animal Planet and Nat Geo and Discovery Channel, everyone phoning me and asking if we could set up a day and a time to do something. So it happened straight away. People were just on the story immediately. And uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not were the first ones to document me back into the water. They phoned like immediately and said, hey, how long is it going to take until you get your cast off? And uh, the doctor said six weeks. So I said six weeks. And they said, okay, cool. We'll be there the day before. 
We're going to prep you for everything that the day the cast comes off, we want to take you surfing. <laughs> so we did that and uh, it was pretty intense and scary. And was it in the same location? No, no. We went to a place called Yellow Sands. So that's like 30 minutes from or a 30 minute drive from Nahoon. And it was kind of cool and weird at the same time because I had all these cameras in my face and I was not used to that and people interviewing me. And then like, it was a hot day. So a lot of people at the beach, like watching me and thinking like, who's this kid? And um, my family was there, my friends were there. So like loads of people, just like I was overwhelmed by cameras and people. And then on top of that, I had to jump back in the water and face my fear. And I was like, ah, oh. it was pretty intense. But uh, Did you I catch a good wave? No, <laughs> <laughs> I caught some waves, but uh, I was a bit like, nervous and there were guys in the water and on the beach filming mm. me so i just just felt all this pressure i caught some waves and then i got out so uh, was it all kind of pressure or did you have like a moment where you kind of felt a bit at peace again or not really yeah. not that day all pressure i reckon i mean it was nice to be back in the water but it wasn't a relaxed surf a mm. surf is normally relaxing and uh, there's no pressure involved but this day was different and the funny thing is we went there thinking that it was a safe place to surf and a few years after that, a friend of mine, Mikhail, got attacked by a shark there. Uh, quite a bad bite, actually. And uh, so it wasn't that safe. And then the funny thing is, he ended up doing the exact same thing or the opposite thing. He jumped into Nahoon, where I was attacked, for his first surf because he felt safer there. So we basically just switched places. That's so funny. And it's, with, with you keep bringing up all these stories of people getting attacked. It's kind of like my, my statistic at the beginning about people getting attacked. I think your friends just cover that whole bracket of statistics. 100%. I mean, listen to this one. I've got two friends who had the exact same thing happen to them. One in Jeffreys Bay, one in Nahoon. Not with two great whites, though. No, no, no. Yeah, but, yeah. but listen, the, the, uh, the same thing to each other, not, not to okay. me. They were surfing a wave. And at the end of the wave, they finished riding the wave. So they jumped off their board feet first into the water onto a shark and the shark freaked out grabbed their foot oh no pulled it and pulled them underneath the water and then let them go so just like a small shark though and they got some stitches on their feet so yeah how's that i've got a lot of friends who've been uh, attacked by sharks that's crazy yeah but i think south africa is one of the we probably have we probably cover a big portion of that statistic yeah there's a lot of attacks that happen in south africa uh, most of them aren't fatal though from what i've yeah, yeah. what i've heard um, I mean, did you, another thing about Shark Week, did you ever see that video? I think it was quite recent, if I'm not mistaken. It was about this, this guy was in this like plexiglass or this plastic box cage um, and they were filming great whites. And basically this guy was in this cage and it's kind of like a Tupperware shape and he was sitting in it. Do you see this video? No, is it a see-through Tupperware? Or yeah, it's, uh... it was a it's completely see-through uh, plastic container and he's sitting on the top of it and this- So not inside? He was sitting inside okay. of it, but it's like not deep. Like it's his head's basically sticking out the top of it. And there's just great whites swimming underneath him, right? And massive great whites. And this thing comes underneath and it bumps him, right? And he's like getting a bit freaked out. The next thing, the, the great white comes back, bumps a little bit harder. And he's like, this thing's getting agitated. He says that out loud. And then the next thing you just see, because they've got cameras all over, they're filming this, you know, it's a proper documentary. And next thing you see this great white just going straight up, like it's about to breach, grabs the cage because he, he can't see the cage. He thinks he's grabbing the guy. Yeah. And he just breaks straight through this thing. And this guy's scrambling no. all over this cage, trying to get out of the water and trying to hold on to it. And then he just has to make it like a, a bolt for the, for the boats. What? 
That's so. That sounds so intense. Is that even real? It's real. You can see the footage. It's like beautiful footage of this. Because I watched, um, I watched something on Shark Week many years ago, and I was so shocked. They made this. That they made a documentary, and they made it to to look super real, and they had all these statistics and facts and stuff, and they did. Um, half a reenactment but they said that a lot of the video was actually real and they had uh, i think most of it was filmed here in cape town and what actually happened was um long story short and uh, this boat with these tourists capsized and they were trapped in this boat but still with oxygen and this big like 10 meter great white shark started hunting them and started eating them one by one this was on shark week years ago and that I sounds like a movie and script. i thought it was real and then later on, I did some research, and there was like bad talk about this thing, saying that this was the biggest hoax ever. Okay. Um, and then there was all debunked later on. So. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that that does sound a bit far. <laughs> yeah. This particular incident was like crystal clear footage. Okay. Like it was crazy. Well, this one had footage too of people getting taken one by one because they had rescue boats. It was the gnarliest thing ever. They, they, that I mean, is it must have been CGI or something, but yeah, this been, looked yeah. so real. I watched this whole documentary and I was just sitting on my couch, like freaking out. Honestly, it looked so real and I thought it was real. And I'm like, no, I've never heard of this. So I had to Google it and I'm like, no, this is all fake. Um, but it looked real, all CGI. That's insane. Yeah. I'll anyway. definitely take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I also heard that you had uh, an encounter with an orca. I have, yes. Can you tell us about that? I can. Um, yeah, I um, I was surfing Unstad Beach in the Lofoten Islands in the northern part of Norway above the Arctic Circle in a surf contest. It was the semifinals of a contest and um, it was a very small day. The waves were like waist high, super small and very close to the beach. And this place is the notorious to see like great, uh, not, not great white sharks, um, killer whales. And I've got some friends who had bumped into them and seen them in the past. So I'm busy paddling back. And all of a sudden, in the corner of my left eye, I see this big, dark thing coming straight at me with a lot of speed. And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's not a shark because I'm in Norway. There's no sharks there. Why is the water too cold? It's too cold, like icy cold, like ice. And um, so, yeah, and I was like, it's not a shark. No one's ever seen a shark. There can't be sharks here. But as I thought that, this big thing was right underneath the nose of my board. So I quickly sat up onto my board, tried to get my feet and my hands out the water onto the surfboard because I was like, I was like, what's going on? And there's this big killer whale like underneath the nose of my board swimming past and like a turn and looked at me and I could see his white belly. It slowed down and just swam past me and breached a bit. And then there was another one coming straight towards me as well, like from the, the left side and then kind of in front of me. And I was like, ooh, what's going on? <laughs> and then they swam away. So that was kind of scary, but beautiful at the same time. Mm. I think if you hadn't gone through what you had gone through previously with the attack, that probably wouldn't have been as scary. But I think go, from what you have gone through, I would have immediately, <laughs> I would have immediately <laughs> lost it. Yeah, it was scary though, it was. Like, you know, I've had a lot of, I don't know if you know, but I've had a lot of shark encounters. Like I've been bumped off my board by a shark once after my attack, also in Nahoon. I rescued a guy who was attacked by a shark behind me. I've had a seal try attack me. I've been chased out once at uh, uh, Glen Eden by a shark. You know, I've, like I think some, there's something about me that the big fish like. <laughs> or dislike. <laughs> or dislike. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, are you not 
scared to keep doing, I mean, to keep surfing? No, I mean, yes, there've been moments where I'm like a little bit nervous or there's like some fear involved. Um, and I do often think about my shark attack or sharks when I surfed like shark infested waters or uh, close to where I had previously been attacked. Um, but I just like try wash those thoughts out and I think about other things. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I think having some kind of fear is totally normal. Everyone's got fear in their lives, but it's good to face those fears and not to let the fear overcome you and beat you. I mean, imagine like, imagine I, I never surfed. Imagine I never faced those fears. Like I'd be, be living such a boring life. Mm. Not that life without surfing is boring, but like my life, you know, mm. like my whole life's around, like based around surfing. I think so, for all of us, we have that one thing in our lives that gives us purpose. And for me, it's storytelling, yeah. you know? And without doing something like this, not necessarily the podcast, but just storytelling in a different form even, that's kind of what gives me meaning. I've tried to do other things, but I've always been brought back to this. Yeah. So for you, it's the ocean and 100%, surfing, yeah. which is awesome. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, I'm not necessarily such an active guy, but I one of the things I love is diving. And um, the peace I get when I dive is just kind of like nothing else that I've ever done before. Diving's amazing, eh? I've never felt anything like it before. This is like, you're just going into this different world. Yeah. It's all quiet. You know, you hear the ocean kind of churning and uh, it's just so peaceful. Yeah, it is. Well, have you bumped into any sharks while diving? I've dived with sharks okay. on purpose though. Okay. Without a cage though. Not too scary. No, I did it, <laughs> I did it in Durban. Um, and I think people that are scared of sharks, um, I was thinking about this earlier, they need to go diving with sharks because they're not as scary as people think. You know, obviously you get attacks and encounters like you've had. But when I was in the water, I almost forgot that I was swimming with sharks. Because before I got in, I was super like scared and nervous. And then we get in there, they're coming right, bumping up to you, bumping on you. Like they're just doing their own thing. Yeah. And I feel like in a controlled environment with professionals there, it's not so scary. Yeah. I totally agree. Like I've been diving with them in the tank in the aquarium in Cape Town. Ragged tea shark. Like they were quite big. Mm. And um, But yeah, they were super docile and chilled out, you know. Uh, but I would love to go free diving or scuba diving in the deep ocean with some sharks. Maybe swim with some great whites. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. My, my uncle was diving in... Um, in America and they went pretty deep and it was a night dive. And the next thing that he, it was him, he's quite experienced and he was with this lady that didn't have much experience of diving. And they were pretty deep, completely pitch black and they had their spotlights on. Next thing, shark swam right in front of them and she freaked out and tried to go straight back up like instantly. And he had to pull her back down. Yeah because you'd get the, I think it's called the bends, right? Um, no, what's that? You know, when you go up too quickly oh, yes, and you're scuba yeah. diving, you can get really sick yeah. and die. So he had to like grab her and pull her back down so that she wouldn't surface too quickly, which was, yeah. That's so anyway, crazy. But I mean, you, you've moved to Norway now, right? Yeah. Can you tell me why you decided to do that? I found out that uh, there were no sharks in Norway, so I left. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, um... But they are killer whales. There are some killer whales, but they're friendly. No, I was just given the opportunity to try work there. And um, I was running a surf coaching business in Jeffreys Bay. And 
I had a Norwegian friend who said, hey, Shannon, you should try work in Norway and see if you can do something there, you know, because I was running high-performance surf camps and doing surf development with kids. And a lot of my my surfers and my athletes were getting really good and representing South Africa. And one of them won a world title in longboarding. And one of them has made the World Surf League with the top 24 surfers in the world. And then this other girl came second in the Olympics uh, amazing, last year. Yeah. So anyway, I had like these uh, success stories and this guy was like, go to Norway, do the same thing and you'll make more money. So I gave it a go. And it has not been the same thing. You know, surfing is um, such a new sport there. Um, so it's very difficult to do any kind of surf development with kids. And it's such a cold, icy country that people haven't really associated surfing in those climates yet. Um, but How it's much gonna colder happen. is the water there in comparison to South Africa? Because we've got very cold water here yeah. in certain parts. Like I know kind of Camps Bay, Clifton, Health Bay, yeah. those sides are very cold. What In comparison, what's the difference? It's kind of similar in a way, but uh, the peak of winter in Norway gets down to like zero degrees in the water in some places. And then the air temperature outside can be like minus 15, minus 20 when you surf. So there's a big difference. And uh, I've had my hair freeze in my head. I've had my gloves start freezing on my hands. It's so painful, but it's beautiful. And even in winter, I know that it, it's pretty dark during the day as well. The sun doesn't necessarily rise properly, does it? Depends where you are. So most of my time spent in Norway has been above the Arctic Circle. And then, yes, um, in the winter, you don't get any sun. You get sunlight, so it's like it's like dawn and dusk. So just before the sun rises and after it sets. So you have some light for three hours and then it's dark the rest of the time. And then uh, the beautiful thing in the summer is you have 24 hours of sunlight. And I think you would love that because then you, you stay up all day. <laughs> you, you don't need to sleep. That's yeah. when I sleep late. So, um, so I think you would love that. And I mean, I saw this video of you. I kind of just want you to tell me a little bit about what you guys were doing. But there was just these cracked up little ice sheets, you know, in the water. And I saw you on your surfboard kind of paddling from ice sheet to ice sheet. What were you guys doing there? <laughs> yeah, so I just like discovered a new wave that I surfed by myself and my friend was filming me. He didn't, he didn't want to surf, he was a bit too scared. And uh, it was like a big, heavy, shallow barreling wave. And then we went to surf another place um, together with him. Um, and on the way, there was this fjord with all this broken ice uh, that had started like flowing out towards the sea, but underneath a small bridge. So I was like, hey, let me try jump on one of those and see how far I can go. Like I'll try to go underneath the bridge and maybe get as close as possible to the sea. But it wasn't going so fast. So I just like stayed on it for a little bit, went underneath this bridge. And I was like, oh, it's going to take too long to get back to the ocean. So mm -hmm. uh, it was fun. And have you ever been hypothermic while, while surfing there? No, no, um, you can. Like if you, if you have bad wetsuit uh, material or if you have uh, bad boots or gloves or no hood and you just sit and you wait, then yes, you're going to get very cold. But um, the wetsuit technology is so good these days. Mm. And like I've got really good boots and gloves, a very good wetsuit. There's a local or there's a Norwegian brand called Norona that makes uh, wetsuits for the Arctic and it's amazing. And uh, so I never get cold. It's, it's um, actually like in the middle of winter, if you move around a lot and you catch a lot of waves, you produce so much body heat, you get very warm, but it can get super cold. Like if you duck dive or if you go underneath the waves or underwater for mm. too long, your brain and your head just is about, it feels like it's about to explode. You it's get that, that sharp cold. shooting pain. Brain freeze is yeah. pretty heavy. Out of, out of all my friends, because I go diving with them quite often, 
and I've never worn a wetsuit ever. And um, it's so funny because my friends can't understand how I can stay in the water for so long. And I don't really understand it either. Um, because we go to Clifton, I, we were diving yesterday and it was like between like nine and 14 degrees. No wetsuit. No wetsuit. That's I never cold. ever wear a wetsuit and I can stay in the water for over an hour. Wow. But I, yesterday I stayed in for about 35 minutes. And when I came out, I wasn't shivering or anything. But if I stay in for over an hour, I get those like uncontrollable shivers. Wow. Where like my body kind of just starts to go into- Shock almost. Shock, yeah, and like recuperation mode. And I find it really weird because I get super tired afterwards, after I, after I dive, every single time. Mm. And I think it's because my body's working so hard to keep itself warm that I just get exhausted. Yeah. You need to go surf and uh, swim in Norway then. You'll be okay there. <laughs> I would love to try. I would always, I've always wondered like, have you ever dived into the ice without a wetsuit? I have, yeah. What's that like? It's cold. <laughs> it's painfully cold, but it's quite good. I mean, it's good to, it's really good just to practice doing that every now and then. And you just focus on your breathing and you relax so that you don't get into shock. Mm. So quite a lot of people do that, but a lot of people who do it have a sauna or hot tub right next to where they do it. So. You get hot, then you cool down, and you get hot, then you cool down, you know? So yeah, it's quite fun. And just before we end off, I wanna know from you, is there anything that you kind of wanna shout out? I know you do, um, you teach people how to surf and you do surfing lessons on YouTube and you have a biography. Do you wanna just quickly tell sure. people where they can find those things? Yeah, sure. So um, I am a self-employed surf coach and I do mostly intermediate to advanced coaching through video analysis in person and also online. Uh, through my website called surfcoach.no. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Shannon Ainsley Surf Coach, where I do uh, surf exploring and adventure edits and also some uh, surf tutorials. And then, yes, I have a biography. It's been like a 13-year-long project that's finally done. It's been, it was published in, um, well, let's say two months ago. And uh, that's just basically a story that tracks my life revolving around my shark attacks and um, before, during and after my shark attack and a whole lot of interviews from people mm. who were there on the day and family members who were present and stuff. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, go check them out. And thank you so much for coming down. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. And thanks for watching you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wide Awake podcast. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. And I'll see you all very soon. Cheers.